You are listening to highlights from One Planet Podcast interview with Jennifer Morgan, Executive Director of Greenpeace International. Greenpeace started in 1971, and our origins are in the northwest of North America. When back in 1971, a group of concerned individuals wanted to stop the nuclear testing of weapons off of the Alaskan coast by the U.S. military because of the devastation that it was going to cause to local ecosystems and livelihoods. So they decided to charter a small fishing vessel and they set sail from Vancouver, planning to actually prevent the testing by being present in the waters where the tests were actually going to take place. And the weather conditions actually detained them or prevented them from, from reaching the testing site. They had to return to port thinking that they had failed. But actually what they found when they arrived back was a crowd of people who were inspired by their courage and by their actions. And that was the beginning of the Greenpeace movement. What inspired you? I mean, who are your teachers or who inspired you on that path? I think my first teacher and inspiration was my sister. She is a, a biologist, a botanist actually, and she's the one who introduced me to nature really, and, and really connected me to how important the natural world was for me. And the second is Petra Kelly, who was one of the founders of the Green Party, the German Green Party. And I read her book, Fighting for Hope, back in 1989, when I was a graduate student, and it brought together the different struggles that are there, the feminist struggle, the peace movement, the environment movement, all into uh, one system that we all need to be working to, uh, to change. And how can we as individuals put pressure on the legislators and on corporations? I mean, what are some ways that we can all get involved, even those that we might not feel it's directly in our power? First of all, I want to say that each individual action just makes a big difference. It all adds up. And for people to understand that when you act for climate action or for climate justice, you are connected to millions of people around the world. So that's just, that's one thing. I think the way people can get involved are multiple and it really depends on what, what you would like to do. So I think getting involved, it, it could be on the local level where you are seeing, you know, you're really sick of sitting in traffic and having massive pollution around you. So you want to work to have a mobility system that has bike transport where your city and you get in touch with your city urban transport minister and says, put your money into public transport, not into more roads. It could be on the national level where you know your government is uh, going into this Paris meeting is going to be needing to decide how much more they're going to commit to. So you could get in touch and, and write to your, your head of state, even to your minister of the environment or transport or energy and tell your story about why you care and why it's so important for them to take uh, leadership. Or it could just be a discussion at your dining table. <laughs> right, with your cousin or your grandparent or your mother or your father who don't really understand the climate emergency and that you step into that and you have the courage to say, you know, this is really important for me and you open up that conversation. Those are all acts of courage and they are all very important. Sometimes there's a perception that environment is against economy or somehow the environment is on the fringes of economic discussions. How would you explain the role that environment and, and the economy play? I think 
more and more we see an active participation in the environmental movement and different groups coming together, such as trade unions and green collectives, because they see that it's not this binary environment versus jobs. I mean, we've heard President Biden say, when I think climate change, I think jobs. They come together. And I think we're seeing that from the perspective of whether you're working in a, in a trade union, whether you're working in an environment movement, whether you're working for racial justice, that we're all unified actually in trying to create a better world together that reduces inequalities, that brings more justice for uh, social justice, climate justice, and racial justice. And we're stronger together actually in highlighting how a neoliberal system has just been prioritizing wealth for a few. So I think you will continue to hear opponents or corporations try and, and get that narrative of jobs versus the environment, but it's, it's just not the case anymore. They need to, they can come together and you're seeing much more work across movements to, to get those power shifts so that we can have a green and just future. Obviously you are recognized as a leader in your field. So I was wondering if you have any advice for other women who are also looking to be leaders in their own field, what would you say to them? Gosh, there's lots of things. I think one thing which I've experienced recently is if you see a job that you really would love to do, don't analyze it all and figure out whether you could do it or this or the other thing, apply, apply and believe that you could you could do it. I think oftentimes there's a culture where you kind of feel like you, you have to prove yourself. No, actually just believe that you can do it and apply for something right away and don't judge yourself. <laughs> just jump into the mix of it. I think the other thing I would say for women leaders is to find community uh, with other women leaders and compare notes. And I think that's something that I do try and do regularly because it is create spaces for that, wherever you are. And there, I mean, leadership is not necessarily running organizations. You have leadership in every single part of your life, whether it's, you know, how you engage in your local community, whatever it may be, but sit with other women, listen and create support for each other and how you think about things. And the last, I guess, is just to really look at examples around the world where you see female woman leadership and how successful it is. We've seen that in the pandemic where, where there were women leaders in place that that's you know, gone in many cases better. And I think to therefore believe in your role as a woman and making the world a better place. I believe that if we have more woman leadership, we'll get there faster. And there's lots of examples for that. Oh yes, definitely. And New Zealand is just one example, but yes, a uh, lot of lessons out there. And I guess for the next generation, as you think about what you have learned as an activist, you think towards the future and the kind of world we're leaving the next generation and the changes we might make, what would you like young people to know, preserve and remember? Well, I'd like them to know, preserve and remember that few things. I think one thing is that what they are doing now and in this moment is making a difference. I, I experience it. And I think you know, we talked about how people, how to have conversations with people. I think the role that young people have in reaching people's hearts, which is really what's needed now, is incredibly important. I think the other thing is to know that there are going to be highs and lows. <laughs> And, that, and when there are lows, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another high. So if you're an activist, I think, you know, Greenpeace is 50 
we're still at it, right? And there have been moments of great euphoria and there have been moments of great despair. So you need to think of this in your own resilience and not have despair if things don't go your way on a specific campaign or thing that you're trying, but know that it will come back, that there will be, a, there will be another moment that, that you can have that win, that you can move things forward. And that, that, you know, that that's, I think that's very important. I think especially now where people aren't able to go out on the streets and be active, you know, that's coming back. It's not gone. The, the foundation there for activism is not gone. And the last thing I guess is, yeah, really to take care on, on the anxiety part of things. I know Greenpeace does different workshops with youth about climate anxiety and others. And, and it's, you know, if you're feeling that, and I think one of the greatest, what the literature shows is one of the greatest ways to combat climate anxiety is, is actually to be active, but know that you're not alone in that. And there's lots of resources out there on climate anxiety or other forms of anxiety that, you know, can bring you together and give you this support. It's not, and I guess my final thing would just be in a way to say that I'm sorry, it breaks my heart that young people today have to be so active. It's a failure of a generation that didn't make it possible for them to be able to just enjoy their youth, but rather to have to be fighting so hard for their future. So we will get there together, but I wish that they didn't have to be so anxious about their futures. Well, then you have nothing to feel sorry for. Yes, maybe some in your generation, but not not you. And that is just very moving and wonderful advice. And, and I have to say, yes, there is anxiety out there, but even the anxiety is an indication of just being alive and aware to the realities. It's not, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I have always hoped and dreamt to work with young people because I've always felt that it is their future. You know, I mean, it's so inspiring to be working with young people all around the world. And as I've said, I mean, it is, I, I feel that we are in the midst of transformational change and that working together around these kind of key moments where you can see those shifts happening, that the unimaginable things that you never thought were going to happen can happen. And that would be my other advice to young activists is just when you aren't expecting it, <laughs> something will happen and you'll be like, I can't believe they just decided that. Holy cow. And, and then you got to celebrate. Definitely have to celebrate. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this program. Subscribe and listen to this full interview as well as many others in the One Planet podcast. Thank you for listening.